What's up, everybody? And we're back. And when I say we're back, I really mean it. It's been like three weeks since we've done a podcast. So we're shaking off a little rust, but we've got a great episode for you. Episode 72. Travis Piercefield here, who is here. He's been uh, fielding some of our broadcasting duties lately, and he's got a really interesting racing background. So we're going to sit down with him and talk to him in a few minutes. And uh, Roger and I will catch up with some of the things we've got going on in the league. We'll get started here in just a minute. Welcome to the Pitside Podcast, where we discuss the latest news and developments in the Coast to Coast Racing League, as well as other racing news inside and out of iRacing. Here's your host, the ALA outlaw, Preston Cranmer, and Roger, the Bassman Craig. Yep, so like I said, been a little while since we've gotten a chance to catch up with everybody lots going on in the league you know we're we're in the thick of the season and uh i've been doing a little racing a couple of rainouts too but and then roger went on like a six-week vacation i think so <laughs> things b- busy all around so how, yes, can yes. You tell us about your trip well well first of all like we haven't we haven't talked since the uh dirt super dirt week which was probably the, i i i it was the most successful one to date. It was just like unbelievable. I think we had 73 guys sign up. Uh, we raised $2,700, which was like about a thousand over, you know, what I thought we would target. Uh, kudos to all the guys. I mean, there was just so much good participation. Guys loved it. We'll definitely be doing another one of those again. Uh, but yeah, we haven't had a chance to uh, even talk about that. So uh, I've got a meeting uh, scheduled uh, in the next week uh, with the, uh, a uh, lady named Carly with Mission 22 because we'll be talking about setting up another um, uh, partnership with them, similar to the Steve King Foundation, and they're they're all in favor and uh, uh, they're all excited about it. So uh, I look forward to doing you know more with them down the road. But yeah, I was uh, I went out to BC for a week. It was uh, awesome. Went out there for a wedding. Um, uh, my nephew uh, through through uh, Lynn. Uh, uh, he, he's a uh, special forces, so um, uh, is a is a, a great time, great wedding. Uh, you know, the Vancouver Island is one of my and Victoria one of my favorite places. Uh, the only downside was I got off the plane, and um, we got a got a text as we get off the plane from my brother in law who uh, tested positive for COVID. So my wife and I were in isolation for you know five days, and uh, uh, yesterday was our first day of freedom so it's great to get out and the weather's good so it's all been good so uh but i'll tell you rusty on the track i suck worse than ever but uh you know it is what it is the well, i've been me, here all season and i'm having the same problem so don't <laughs> don't don't draw too many conclusions well you know the one thing we maybe should bring up too just before we move on too far is uh you know uh, the, the some of the racing has been pretty rough there's, there's so, some surprising guys with high il's uh and uh you know it, we just need it there's only four weeks left three weeks really after when you see this podcast so uh there's not much time to get the ils down and uh, uh some some good races going down the pipe so uh it, it should really really be uh be interesting but it's been a great season um i think since since uh super dirt week uh, I don't know. It's like twelve or fifteen guys have joined the league. Like it's been crazy. Um, yeah. So it's uh, you know everything's going in the right direction. They're, you know, firing all cylinders and uh, starting to plan for next season. You know, next season's only uh, well three and a half weeks away and uh, heavy into it now. You know, it's uh, learn lessons along the way every time. So it's uh, it, yeah, it's coming kind of along. That's for sure. And and I also just want to remind everybody to get out and run Friday Night Lights. They're, they're, Joe's yep. doing a great job of filling yep. those races, but I had the the privilege of running a couple last week, and there were only two of our C2C guys in there, and it, it felt a little bit like, you know, like the posse versus the outlaws kind of thing because I felt myself kind of – they're usually guys I'm racing against, but I'm pulling for them, you know, because we want to put it yeah, up yeah. front. So we ought, we ought to stack some of those fields. I think we've – um, you know, there's some new talent over there and stuff, so you got a good chance to go over there and get a win too. And I know Joe yeah, Walter would yeah, be happy should, to see you. Because I know there's been a few races where there's like eight or ten. I remember the one it, he had a real rough. Uh, the second race was really rough. First two races, and the third race, somebody made the comment uh, it was a lot cleaner racing. There was more C2C guys in there. <laughs> so um, 
it's uh you know it I, I think we're the c2c guys are more than welcome over there because uh you know they, everybody knows they've, they've got a pretty you know we've got i think we've got a good track record for running clean running you know overall even though i just finished just saying we got to clean it up but that's on our standards but i think you know overall um, you know our, our guys represent well and joe is just doing a phenomenal job over there that's for sure uh uh, I'm, I'm paying attention because, you know, there's a few things I think we can pick up off him. So. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and Joe, Joe's always innovating new things. I, I've been talking to him in the background about a couple of things he's working on. And I was helping him with some graphics and um, it's some pretty cool stuff. So you guys are going to, you know, run, yeah. you want to run C2C, but on Friday nights, if you find yourself free, make sure you jump over there because Joe's... Um, emulating a lot of things that we did when we started to grow the league and he's also finding new ways to make it you know better yes. or differentiated so it's it's a lot of fun yeah he's got a couple other things uh, on the go we're, we're we're we got some plans for next season though even talking and joe's always got an angle going so he's he's a great great guy to deal with so uh kudos to him in that league and uh um yeah if, if you get a chance to run um it, it's a good night that's for sure yeah well, I tell you what. Why don't we jump over and talk to Travis now? Uh, unless you got anything else, I'll give well, you a I, chance I, for your one more. Uh, just yeah, that one more. Uh, two things. Hey, uh, look what I. This is my latest toy, buddy. Oh, you got a stream deck. Stream deck, yeah. So, so, so how do you use that along with iRacing? It's like hotkey commands. Yeah, I, I just got it. I'm just sort of. Uh, it's gonna. You know, this is probably like a one month learning thing, but. Uh, there's some there's some really cool stuff, but mainly like uh, especially from an admin, you can throw a caution, you can throw you know clear black flags, um, I pull up you know crew chief and all that sort of stuff. But there's just so much you can do with it. It's just I mean it's limitless what what you can do. I I, I found the whole you know I've been watching a bunch of uh, YouTube videos and uh, um, there's all sorts of really cool tools there. Um, so uh, yeah, as I get along, I'll, I'll maybe do a, a thing on that once I get. A better handle on it. I'm gonna assume you have your pass left and pass right buttons mapped. Nope. Nope. Don't have them. Nope. <laughs> I had to take but a I, shot. I will, but I, I will have like pitting or thank you or I think that's somewhere down the road. But but all my fuel stuff, like the NASCAR stuff, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm gonna get all those as buttons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'll make. Because you you don't use the voice control in Crew Chief, right? No, I don't. I know you do. Um, uh, I tried at my old computer. I couldn't get the voice stuff working, so um, but I should try that. I've thought about it, but the stream deck is so freaking cool, man! It's just awesome. So well, uh, I think I think if I wasn't in VR, I think I would probably yeah. prefer to have the stream deck over the voice control anyway. It's just with in VR, I you know, it, it, God forbid, I need to reach my keyboard because I don't no, know what I'm pressing. And that and that's where I made a conscious decision to uh, you know stop using VR. I, one of these days I'll pull it back out and try it. But uh, with the new triples and stuff, it's it's and from an admin perspective, you know it, it's it's much easier to, to have something like that. But yeah, it, it's 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 super cool. Um, but anyways, and, and I don't want to get in too deep, but uh, you, you had a pretty successful uh, uh, race night there a few weeks ago. You were uh, doing a lot better. Yeah, it was it was successful in some sense. We we got out. I made some kind of threw some big upgrades, made some major gear changes, uh, both to the our, you know the rear sprocket, which we change frequently, and then the drive gear on the clutch, um, which is a little bit more difficult. And um, so we changed that, put a, a lot taller gear on the drive gear, um, just trying to find some extra speed. And and test ran the card on the stand. Everything seemed you know okay at least on the stand. You never know until you get a load on it. And um, so we got to the track and uh, took some practice laps. And during practice, my so I, there's typically they run three practices. I may have explained this before, but there's an open practice, which any division they go run at the same time. And it's really just to help pack the track. And then there's an open practice one and two, or excuse me, a practice one and two for each division. And so uh, I ran the open practice and my chain came off, which, you know, we figured just need to tighten it up or whatever, maybe align the sprockets a little bit. And I uh, brought it back up, got it situated, and started it up. And the chain was kind of loping a little bit, jumping around, and didn't didn't seem quite right. So we made some adjustments there. Missed practice one because of having to fix the chain. Predator practice is usually one of the first two groups to go out. So I didn't have enough time. 
kind of took comfort in that I was going to get out there for second practice. So got out there, ran some good laps in practice too, um, and then uh, took qualifying. I think we – I can't remember what the time was. I posted it on my Facebook page. Um, but we were kind of middle of the pack, maybe a tenth or so off in the middle. Um, but I had a – I did post a video on my Facebook page. Yep. If you go watch that, there's a big – it's hard to notice because it takes so little steering input. But I had a really big snap coming out of two on my second qualifying lap. And uh, was really only – you know, if I hadn't reacted a fraction of a second – you know, or if later, then I'd have been in the tires on the outside because it turned two is really difficult there. Um, so qualifying went well. I was really happy with that. Went out for the feature and was taking some laps. And I think it was with five to go. I was working a guy and I was pretty much had him set up for the pass. It was going to take me another lap. And I was coming out of two and my chain came off again. And so that was really discouraging. I was, I, we had really tightened the chain up. I was more worried about you know bogging the clutch down but that never happened jane comes off rolled just rolled it off the track never went yellow so you know you're done at that point we just went and trailered it and uh my title sponsor showed up right about then so missed oh. missed all of the 25 lap or 15 laps i did run and uh and, and got there for me to trailer the cart but uh he they were cool about that luckily and so got the cart home sunday break it down and clean it and was pulling everything apart take clutch off to clean that and was trying to figure out what was going on, thinking the sprockets were out of a line. Well, it turns out there's a chain guard right above the clutch. And the two bolts that hold it on, are they bolt right in the side of the crankcase. And with the taller gear, it was pushing the chain into the front bolt. And it had totally wrung the side of that bolt off. I was lucky my chain was still in one piece. So we, we got that fixed, added a couple of new you know, sprocket guard on the back, and made a couple other changes. But we should be good to go. We don't race again until the 28th, so... It's a pretty big gap now. We had a weak turnaround to try to race last week, and it rained out. And uh, so now we got a long gap. So now I'm just itching to get back to the track. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, let's talk about itching. I'm itching to see this interview because uh, <laughs> it's um, it's a great interview that, with uh, with Travis. Real interesting dude. Way more interesting than I even I, – I knew he was interesting, but, like, well, just watch, watch the interview because uh, he's done a lot of – real cool stuff that's for sure yeah and so we're, we're going to jump over and talk to travis now um and we'll be back here for episode 73 of the pit side podcast next week have a, enjoy this interview and uh, we're going to let roger go get some itch cream here with a pierce field but it's not the one you normally hear it's travis pierce field how you doing buddy i'm good how are you guys tonight doing well yeah doing great man uh, great to have you on. You've been uh, doing some fill-in for us uh, broadcast-wise and uh, been killing it, man. Just uh, really appreciate, number one, just, you know, stepping up. And uh, our guys have been great for covering each other, but then we got into a couple of, well, your dad had some surgery, and uh, yep. so there was a hole there. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, Junior filled in. Uh, so... I want to go back. I, I so I'm looking at your history here. You've had some real interesting jobs. I have. So I have. I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way back to 2011 because I want to talk about this one. Former Disney's Old Key West Resort. At what did you do there? So uh, I did it as part of their uh, their college program. Um, so when I when I went to Orlando from uh, from Arizona, the plan was I was going to work the front desk at a resort. Um, about a month and a half in, they decided that they needed, they had some staffing issues. So they picked actually me and one other guy that were doing the college program and they put us in the back office, um, at the resorts. So I spent a lot of time taking, uh, upset, upset guests, phone calls, <laughs> uh, and then also placing the room. So that was the fun part. Cause it was like a big Jenga puzzle where you'd have all these reservations and try to piece them together. So they fit perfect. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, learned learned all about Disney's customer service, guest service. Um, I found out uh, President um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Carter goes down. Used to go down there every Thanksgiving with his family. Um, so he actually stayed at our resort. So we had to block off his room. Uh, he had Secret Service. You had to block off. It was just it was a really cool thing we got to do. Um, but learned learned a lot that I still use. 10, 11 years later now from a 
from a customer service standpoint and then just how you talk to guests and yeah. and uh, how you treat yeah. team members and all of that. I, I've known a few people who have gone to Disney and, and yeah, from a customer service perspective, uh, you, you know, you've got the gold gold rating for that. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I guess you took it a few whoop de doo reviews, did you? I, I've, I've done, yes, I have. I've done a few of those both while I, uh, while I worked there. and then, He's uh, a good candidate for the review committee. <laughs> but yeah no it was a uh, it was a lot of fun and then uh my brother actually did the program with me so we both got to go down there and you know if, if you weren't working you got to go into the parks and oh yeah spend spend more hours and more money at disney than than you were making to be there so it was fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hear you man <laughs> so anyways uh, that's interesting but then you went on next is your uh consumer marketing executive at Talladega Speedway. Tell me all about that. So, um, some of you might know this. Andy, uh, for me growing up, Andy raced dirt late models. Uh, so prior to when I was born and then up until I was about six, he raced dirt late models up in the Midwest. Um, so I had the I had the racing background. I grew up around it. Uh, well, first of all, how successful was he? He was good. Uh, yeah, he raced at a local dirt track up there. Um, I think he got second, third a couple times. He won a lot of races. He actually was going to retire, um, since he won't talk about it, I'll talk about it. He was actually going to retire one year, uh, and we went down to Florida for vacation in February, January, February. And he came back, and they had set up the car and kind of given it one more last go. So I know his throwback uh, in the uh, Pro Dirt Late Model Series is going to be his, his uh, yellow and blue car. Um, so he had this bright yellow and blue A1 car. And when he came back from vacation, they'd made it all black had a silver 75 on it um and actually that was that was his best year it was the the fastest car he ever had and it was the last year he ran so oh, that's he, awesome i think if i i he could have he could have raced and been successful beyond that but he uh, actually retired to spend more time with us which was cool um but after disney yeah yeah and enough about your dad so yeah after disney, <laughs> I was, so i had that background um but i applied for um, a small ticket role at talladega um, and really, my my racing background and growing up around and just knowing NASCAR is what got me the job. Um, I spent about a month and a half just cold calling NASCAR lists that NASCAR.com had gotten. So I would call. I was horrible in sales. I would call and say, "Hey, this is Travis from Talladega Super Speedway. Are you interested in tickets to this fall's race?" No. Okay. Well, we're here if you want to come sometime. And then that was it. Um, but uh, but about halfway through that year. Right after the spring race, uh, they had a marketing job open up, uh, and I just I I fought for it. I uh, I interviewed for it, um, and basically it was it was the the CMO at the time. I I basically didn't give him a choice except for giving it to me. Um, so I just I gave it all I had, and then fell into that role, um, and that was kind of my introduction to ISC within NASCAR at the time. Um, and then uh, I mean I'm sure you know. It fell into some other opportunities with with NASCAR after that. So, the next one is marketing supervisor at Arlington Park. Yep. So that was a that was a horse track in Chicago. Uh, it actually just closed down. I think the the Chicago Bears are trying to purchase the property to build a new stadium on it. Um, so it was part of Churchill Downs. Um, it gave me an opportunity to uh, one manage some people, uh, and I think they offered me like 5,000 more a year, which in Alabama would have been great. Uh, but moving to Chicago, that $5,000 extra dollars didn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> so I used it as an opportunity to learn. Uh, I managed some people um, and then had some more control over things as well. Um, and it was, it was different. I knew nothing about horse racing. Um, it was more of an event that you were selling. Um, so again, just a good learning opportunity. It was my first time living alone. Um, so it was a, it was an all around uh, learning experience for me. And uh, at least it was dirt racing, I su assume, or was it on grass? Uh, they yeah, it was a, it was like a synthetic turf. Gotcha. Okay, not even dirt racing. So yeah. so, so just <laughs> jumping in on that one. Uh, so you're not that much of a horse fan, but did you see the race the other day? The, the Kentucky yeah. Derby. Oh, holy crap! That was just unbelievable. I've watched it about five or six times. It's like I I, I compared it to. Uh, me or Gary Taylor winning a <laughs> Renegades race. I was gonna, I was to say after talking to Preston before coming on air, maybe it was like Preston winning a winning a race. Oh, uh, he, Jesus, no, no. <laughs> man! 
No, he's, that that would be hurtful for me. <laughs> so it was nice having you on, Travis. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming out. <laughs> Have a good night. Okay, so from there, you move to digital marketing manager at Phoenix Raceway. Yep. Yep. And that was so, like two two years. Yeah. So it was. Um. So when I was at Talladega, I made I I made some connections. Um, and actually my year in at Arlington, um, I did the social media for a Phoenix race from Chicago, um, for both the spring and the fall. Um, I did a race at Chicagoland. Um, so even though that year I left NASCAR, I did more races for NASCAR that year than I did the year before when I actually worked in NASCAR. Um, and they, again, after I went, I went out to the fall, did Phoenix from Phoenix, um, and they said, hey, we might have a role that's opening up. Uh, so, again, for about four or five months, I just hounded them. Uh, I had family out there still. It's where I went to school. Uh, so I, again, just just shared how much I wanted to be there, how much I could add to their team, what I could do, what my thoughts were. Uh, and then finally in late February, it opened up. Uh, so about four weeks before the spring race there, uh, I moved out there, and then I was, I was back in NASCAR for a few years. Yeah, so uh, so what did what was your role there? So it started off, I did a lot of social media. Um, the one thing with, with how the NASCAR tracks used to be structured is the marketing teams at the track would only be about three or four people. Um, so leading up, my day job was a lot of the emails that go to, uh, to fans, um, a lot of the social media, um, and then it was all planning. So with, with how Phoenix, used, well, it still is, you would have the early March race, and then you would have the late November race. So the summer, it was pretty quiet. During the NASCAR season, it was actually really quiet at, at PIR. Um, then it would ramp up. Race weekend, I would handle uh, the Fan Midway concerts. Um, I would do all the social media. We would do pre-race um, activities. So I got to drive around Luis Gonzalez one uh, one race. Um, all the all the special, you know, the national anthems, the flag bearers we would handle all that on race day and then there as soon as the off season came we would see the nascar folks and they'd be like oh can't wait for the off season and we're like well we have no off season our off season is planning for the second race of the year uh so you'd go right into in the planning mode and that grew in um while i was there the last couple years we won actually uh marketing team of the year uh, in NASCAR back-to-back -back years, wow. and that that included all the tracks. It included all the teams, uh, included all the drivers. Um, so we did a we did a lot of fun stuff out there, and and that was a cool market to be in because it's it's not like the southeast or you know the the hotbed of NASCAR. Uh, we were able to kind of take a different approach where we almost we tried to treat it like kind of an, a golf event or a um, an upscale sporting event out there in Phoenix just because of the audience and, and uh, what the West has to offer. Wow. That's, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. And then you went from there to the Houston Dynamo uh, uh, soccer club or yep. football club or whatever you want to call it. Yep. So um, while, I was at, while I was at Phoenix, um, I just came up to that, the spot where there wasn't really any growth opportunities. The people above me weren't going anywhere. And um, I had worked with a PR director at PIR that went to Houston. Um, so he brought me on. Um, my, my main focus there was digital. Um, so really looking at how to sell tickets online, how to market the team online. Um, and I really had full reins on that, that there, which, uh, which was really beneficial. The coolest thing about my career so far is um, I was in the digital realm. So I've seen it change. You know, I was... I was at Talladega when you would just you would post you would post a few things and um, it was really simplistic. Um, and then when by the time I got to Houston, we were you know I was selling tickets, uh, we were doing paid digital, um, we were getting into that realm at the at the front end of it to try to monetize uh, social media from a from a marketing standpoint. Um, so again, just a, a good opportunity. By that point, I had a family, um, so there was a lot of things going on. Once you once you bring them in and that kind of started our, our wind down as, as we started to kind of move out of sports and, and uh, settle down a little bit. Well, before you moved out though, then you moved on to the Oklahoma city Dodgers, which I, I'm assuming is a farm team for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. Yep. So it's triple a AAA team for the LA Dodgers. Um, they're actually owned um, by Peter Gruber. 
uh, which is a, a movie producer. He did, uh, I think he did like Shawshank Redemption. He did a bunch of late 80s movies that were really big. Um, he owns, he's a part owner of the Warriors now, still a part owner of the, the Dodgers. Um, so again, I, I got a, uh, a director role there. Um, I oversaw a staff of about six on a day-to-day basis. On game days, I'd have about a hundred people under me, um, from a from an entertainment standpoint to uh, uh, to just the marketing standpoint that was out there on, on or at the at the stadium for a night. Um, so just another good learning opportunity. We got to move to Oklahoma, which uh, was an interesting sell, uh, both to me and the family. Um, but by the time we left, it's actually it's my my wife's favorite place we've lived. She misses it still. Um, and it was it was just a good opportunity until uh, until Andy called me with uh, with another opportunity that was um, I just too good to too good to pass yeah. up. So I mean we, you know we're skimming over these. I'm sure we could probably spend a, a podcast on every one of those jobs because they just sound so amazing. It's um, it was fun. I always had um, you know my current role uh, is probably the most integral of all of them. Um, but the things that, you know, the Disney stands out when I would interview it, I mean, I could, I could interview for a job in 20 years probably. And they'll still ask me about working at Disney. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of cool jobs. I've been really, uh, really fortunate to have those opportunities. Um, I think back to when I started, like when I, I remember my interviews trying to get into Talladega and thinking how amazing that would be. And then the fact that I spent eight, nine years in sports, um, and continue to just get opportunities and, and meet people. Um, I, I, I know how fortunate I am. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It's, uh, I think now that I'm out of it, you, there's a lot of, a lot of it that's glossed over. I mean, it's hard work. It's long hours. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, I know people that spend 35 years in sports and it, it's a grind from a, from a working standpoint. Yeah. A family um, standpoint too. I'm yeah. Sure. And now, now I'm on the flip side where, we sponsor sports teams. We, we have that side of it where I'm the one that's wind and dine. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool from that side too. So, um, so, uh, what do you do at Cool Ray? So I handle all the, all the marketing. Um, so from, for Cool Ray, there's three brands. There's Cool Ray, Mr. Plumber and Brightbox. Uh, and then in Atlanta, we have a sister company here as well that does all those same services. Um, so I oversee all their marketing, um, beforehand, they had um, one marketing person and then some agencies they used. We brought all that in-house, uh, so I oversee that. Um, it's just me and one other guy that, that oversee it all. And, uh, you know, again, we brought a lot of digital aspects to, to marketing that weren't being done. Um, and then just an overall business a business view as well. So uh, the other one I wanted, are you the, uh, I think I'm right here where are you, you're the link with Josh Williamson of bringing him into the fold. Tell yep. me all, tell me all about that and how that happened. That that's, I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. So, um, we had, when I, when I joined cool Ray, there was, they sponsor a triple a AAA baseball stadium already. Yeah. Um, that was really the biggest tie. We had some stuff with the Braves. Um, so the, one of the first things I did was I looked, I looked at just our sponsorship opportunities, especially from a sports standpoint, um, just because I know, I know what teams try to sell you on that are <laughs> worth absolutely nothing to them, but they'll say, oh, that's worth $25,000. Um, so in reviewing that, I just looked at different opportunities. Um, the biggest thing, we'd never done anything from a NASCAR standpoint. Um, I think NASCAR and the trades go hand in hand um, yeah. from, from a fan and a, a customer standpoint, but yep. then also from an employee standpoint. Um, so we, I got connected... Um, Josh's sponsorship team actually reached out to me because uh, she had went to Arizona State as well. Um, so we just started conversations, and um, it's not a, it's not a huge deal. It's not like we're Napa and Chase Elliott's car or anything from that standpoint. <laughs> but it's uh, it's we're very we're... tight into their team, and and with Josh, he's a he's a great guy to work with. Uh, she's a great gal to work with. Um, and then on the flip side, we use it as an opportunity one to get out to the track at Atlanta. But then each race we've sponsored, we've had about 100 staff uh, yeah. members that go out there. Uh, so the engagement's just been great. And 
um, you know, everyone that's watching this is a race fan. A lot of them have never been to a race before. And and they go to it and they're like, that. I don't know what was going on. Like at one point hit it and I don't know why, but I want to go again just because it was fun and me and my family had a great time. So it's been really cool seeing seeing some people that didn't grow up around racing uh, that are now huge fans and and it gives them a car to root for while they're there. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, super cool. And, um, and just to mention, I, I know you said you had some stuff with the Braves. I know we sh- we all shared a picture around during the World Series with Cool Ray oh, yeah. all over the stadium. So that was a maybe maybe didn't know it was going to happen at first, but that was a big deal. I thought. Yeah, no, it, uh, <clears throat> that was something we added as well. Uh, I think um, when COVID happened, from a marketing standpoint, we we made a lot of adjustments, um, and one of them was the, talking to the Braves. And it hit at the right time, you know, a great, great playoff run. It's on TV a lot. It's on, I mean, people post pictures with that thing behind them 20 times a night when there's, when yep. there's a game there. So, yeah, no, we have a, we have a good footprint and it's, it's a fun brand because it's, it's been in the market for so long that people know of what it is. So at the point we're at, we can just add some fun things that uh, just remind people we're here when they, when they need our help. Yeah, yeah not, not, nothing like a World Series, and uh, there's Cool Ray right behind home plate. Like, that was yep. just incredible. Or on yep. the board, you know, but it was, uh, Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure it was uh, a big rush for everybody. Yep, so, yep it's fun. So uh, let, let's talk about the whole broadcasting thing, because I know, like, we've got Andy. So, so the sort of the way I see it, there, there's kind of two streams to this. There's the bleach, Bleacher Bums, which is kind yep. of the informal – our, our hometown heroes, it fits in nicely. But then there's more of the, um, I don't want to hurt Andy's feelings, but like, you know, more of the professional uh, broadcast. And, yeah. and, and don't get me wrong, we, we love what your dad does. Yeah. But but the, the the part that you do, how did all this grow? Like, like all of a sudden, you know, th- this came out of the blue, like a- Andy started at ground zero yep. with this thing. So, yep. so Tell me what happened. Tell me about how it happened and how it grew and all that stuff. Well, he had gotten uh, he had gotten into the uh, into Cody the Pro Dirt Late Model Series last yeah. year, um, and I had watched. I had watched. I'd tune in normally while I was putting the kids down to bed. I would have it on while I was waiting for them to fall asleep and everything like that. And then they came up where they had some races where they didn't have a broadcast partner. Yes. Um, so towards the end of the year, they were scrambling a little bit, uh, and then. Andy and Cody concocted this plan of doing our own. Uh, so I think Andy Andy weaseled me into it by going, oh, it's you know, just the Pro Late Model Dirt Series, <laughs> few times a year. You know, we didn't know Cody would add a hundred exhibition races a season and things like that. Um, but it turned into that, and uh, so I I learned a lot, you know, with uh, with our overlays that we do, and, and from a production standpoint, and with my background. A lot of it, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City, we actually, we broadcasted locally for about 15 games the year I was there. Um, So the overlays and the production standpoint, I wish we had all that we had in Oklahoma City to do that. Um, So we we just put it together really for the Pro Late Mile Dirt Series. Um, Then we added the the Next Gen Series uh, that we also do on Sunday nights. Um, I do that with John Hine. Uh, I, I found out about that a few weeks before the season started. So that, that got added. Uh, and then, you know, right before your guys' charity race, um, Andy was like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this while I'm recovering. So you, can you jump in there? And it's, it's been fun. I, uh, I got the setup. Andy has a setup at his house. I have a setup at my house um, so that we can just jump on there, do a, do a few hours uh, on the nights we're available and then, and then get off. Um, Andy and I have talked about, I can't do his broadcast. He can't do mine. We're well aware of that. Uh, so I just, I just know how to do it one way, and I try to, I try to put some homework in. I try to, I try to know what I'm talking about beforehand. Normally, I have um, non-race stuff. I try to script out as much as possible, um, just because that's what I'm comfortable with. So I'll look up track info. I'll look up driver info. Um, so I just, I try to, I try to do my best Mike Joy impression and and do as good of a broadcast as I can. Yeah, well, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been uh, the ones I've seen have been awesome, and uh, especially you know, like the the point where you're at in your growth. I mean, you know, like you're you're still in your inaugural season, I guess. Really. Yeah. So, oh yeah. 
it's uh and, and even your dad you know like from ground zero it's just uh it, it's constant improvement so it's uh been yeah good. the hardest the hardest part's when the technical stuff goes out on you that's when you're like okay that that'll screw up that'll screw up your uh just mindset and where you're at from a from a broadcast standpoint so normally if my technical goes well um we're we're off we're off to a pretty good night and it's uh like i said it's been it's been fun it gives me gives me something to do at night it uh it allows my wife to have some free time so i don't have to bug her for a couple hours and she can go do her own thing and it works out for everyone so when you're when you're not announcing do you do you do any racing so uh because because andy upgraded his rig um i've got i've got some uh leftover parts from his and my brother's rig uh it's I need a screw to get my monitor on. So I actually have, I've done some practice, but I've done, I've done no races. So that's a, that's on my list this summer is to actually get some seat time. So I know what I'm talking about from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Come out, come out for like one of the Saturday morning things. That's a good place to start. Cause yeah. a lot of times we're on the big tracks, the yeah. asphalt, you know, those are fun. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I play, uh, I play NASCAR 2003 still. Uh, but I use a controller for that. And yeah. Then, uh, well, those are games, you know. This is yeah, a yeah. Sim, you know. No, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I've got some racing experience. I, I know, I know what yeah. lines I want to use. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, hey, like, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, Preston. Uh, Saturday mornings would be, and your dad's been out there quite a bit lately, so you could kick his ass, you know, in his big rig. You know, oh yeah. So, uh, I guess so. You got the leftovers from uh, from his last rig. Is that? Yeah, I I would say I've got the left leftovers, but it's uh it's still a pretty sweet rig, so I uh I don't complain at all, especially uh it's it's been used, it's uh it's it's used, but it's uh it's still an awesome rig to have. Now, have yeah. you have you tried VR before at all? Mm. -mm. Okay. Nope. nope. If you That's if you get the opportunity to try it, at least try it. I you'll hear okay. different opinions from from different people, but it's worth trying either way. It's a pretty mind-blowing yeah, experience. I um, I I got an Andy Andy's rig, which obviously isn't. It's just a wraparound, but even all the all the extra stuff his has is uh is quite the experience and adds to it. So, I uh, I need to get some seat time just to get comfortable with it. Um, when I've done some laps, I've got I've done I've done some over at Andy's where we uh we see who can turn a fast lap, and my brother is actually really good, uh, and he puts hardly any time into it. So one of those I, guys. Yeah. This this summer I'll get in there. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so we, we look forward to seeing you out there, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're already in the league, so uh, it's got exactly. show. I guess we better get you a number assigned just in case you show up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if anybody else when they first got into it. I'm a little nervous. I, uh, I don't want to screw up anybody else's race. I've seen that happen. Uh, so, but the one thing, the the cool thing, even when I, uh, when I did that charity race for you guys. Uh, and, and the other leagues I do, it's just a bunch of good guys too. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's serious at times and obviously everyone cares and that's what you want. Um, but the, the coolest thing for me is just all the people that I've been able to meet uh, and get connected to. And, um, that's, that's, that's the fun part of all of this. For sure. Yeah, I, I've said it lots of times that, uh, it, it's what got me through COVID, you know, all the relationships I've built and the guy, you know, you get in a discord with, uh, all your buddies and, uh, it, it was a you know from a mental health perspective it was it was good so it got me through yep. that stuff but yeah great great guys and uh you know I, I i've said it before too like the average age of our league 150 guys is 40 years old so yeah. it's uh you know it's it's mature guys and uh yeah and yeah come out don't i i know that feeling about you know you get in a guy and i i don't want to ruin anybody's day and all that sort of stuff but it, it's a pretty friendly crowd overall especially if if they know you're new and you know it's uh you're going to make mistakes. So it's, yep. uh, they tolerate me. So they'll definitely tolerate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be out there. I'll, I'll be out there hopefully sooner than, uh, sooner than I'm planning now already. So, so we always have our questions pressed and it's a little bit awkward here, but I think I can still ask mine. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, but maybe, yeah, maybe you can twist it. Well, we're talking about this. You can figure out a way of, I've been working on it his old jobs or whatever so mine is always your greatest eye racing memory now you haven't raced but you've been exposed to it so well, you could just say racing memory you've been involved in a or, lot of racing yeah 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 
What's your um, What's your greatest? Okay, I've got, I'll do. I'll do one of each. My 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 greatest uh, broadcasting iRacing memory is we were calling a race at Bristol, uh, and me and my partner for the Pro Lay Mile Dirt Series is Adam Johnson, and uh, there was a big wreck. And for that one, we tried to broadcast it like it's a real a real race happening. Um, yeah. That it's that it's it's real. Um, and there was a big wreck where a car went flying into the catch fence in turn one. And uh, he just goes, oh, total carnage. And just the way he said it, we both just died laughing where we couldn't get through the restart. Uh, <laughs> we could not compose ourselves. And now whenever we hear the word carnage, we just look at each other. And I actually dropped it on air last week. And he was like, I hate you. Why, why do you have to bring that back up? <laughs> Um, racing memory, uh, also not a serious moment. Uh, Andy had won a race and he had been battling this guy all season long and they'd gotten into each other. <clears throat> so we were in victory lane at the start finish line and the guy pulls up and I'm probably five years old and our crew runs over to his passenger side to yell at him as he's yelling at us. And my uncle pinned me up against the side of his car and then he went to pull away, so he pulls away and squeals his tires and takes off as I'm pinned up against the side of his car as a as a five-year-old. So you can judge Andy's parenting on that one. Uh, but I still remember I still remember just being in victory lane, them yelling at him, uh, and then me always touching touching the dirt and feeling how hard and black it was. And as a kid, you're just like, This is dirt. This is this doesn't feel like dirt. What is yeah. this? So, yeah, but yeah. A lot of a lot of fun. I remember, um, I remember going to races, and all you would smell in the car is like deodorant, because it's just a bunch of guys going to the racetrack. So I like <laughs> the smell of right guard takes me back to going to a race. It's, it's the as a young kid, it's all the weird stuff uh, that that are my memories of being at the track as a kid. Well, keep going with that thought. Can you give us a couple of other? Uh, um, things? my mom always had the big camera that you, you like put up on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, so she VHS uh, Andy's races. We and should then, hook her uh, up with uh, Boy Dell. Yeah, <laughs> and then the uh, the cool the that picture. Oh, I don't think I have it. Um, Andy's dad was big in into racing with us, so I actually have. This diecast is actually his that I got after he passed. Um, but he, we would go to the races with him. He was he was a mechanic on the car. Um, but they, even after Andy retired, uh, going to NASCAR races and while I I'll uh, I'll see the picture later, Roger. I don't have it. When I worked at PIR, um, I would they had the cars or the guys that drive the drivers around in the back of the trucks. Yeah. So we needed drivers, so I got Andy and my grandpa uh, signed up to do it. And it was Jeff Gordon's last race at Phoenix, his last year, or supposed to be his last year. And uh, my grandpa was a huge Jeff Gordon fan. So they're lined up, and they're coming around, and it's totally random. It's by, you know, counting down from last place to first place, starter. And it's getting closer, and I'm like, oh, they're going to get, like, one of the guys up front. They're going to get a good guy. And then I kept counting, and I, my brother and I did the math, and I go, I think they're going to get Jeff. So sure enough, they come up, and Jeff Gordon gets in the back of their truck. And my grandpa is freaking out. So I took a picture of uh, Andy and him with Jeff in the back of their truck, and I guess my grandpa was, like, mad at me. He's like, Travis did that on purpose. And my dad's like, I don't I don't think so. Here, bring that over here. He's like, I don't, I don't think Travis did that on purpose, and I didn't. It was just totally random, um, but it was a cool, a cool God thing where, uh, where he ended up, and this is like, this is me and him at uh, Eldora. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome, man. So I, uh, I say all the funny stuff, but then my wife reminds me. But uh, from a racing standpoint, anything with him, anything with him is my favorite racing memory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. What what I typically ask is who is your biggest like i racing rival in our league? Obviously, we're going to have to check back in with you on that here in a few months. <laughs> yeah. But whoever I wrecked that first race, <laughs> that that's usually a good go to if you if you're struggling to figure one out. So I'll ask you this: What is the best racing rivalry of all time? Uh, well, okay. So I I grew up in the nineties. It's got to be. 
it's got to be uh, the Jeff and Dale. Yeah. We went to Bristol. I went with Homer. Uh, we were both Jeff fans, so we're head to toe Jeff Gordon. And it was probably 98, so like the peak of this. And uh, as a 10-year-old kid, I learned a lot of words uh, <laughs> that Dale Earnhardt fans said about Jeff Gordon. Um, I saw... I, I remember seeing a Jeff Gordon cutout that was uh, was dressed up and had things wrote all over it by Dale and her fans. Uh, so for me, that I mean, that's that's my childhood, and that I remember how intense that was. I th- I look at these rivalries now that they tried to create, like you know, we'll hear about William Byron and Joey Logano for the next two weeks, and it's like ah, no, this this thing between those two was was created by them, and uh, and was a big deal back then too. That, yeah. that re- reminds me, like, going back to my childhood. So we're talking in the 50s. Uh, probably, yeah, late 50s, early. Yeah, late 50s would be 59, 60. And a, an old speedway is gone, Pinecrest Speedway, just super modified, you know, in the Toronto area. And the rivalries were so intense. I can remember my uncle. There was two guys, right? There was Ted Hogan, who was, that's the 7 and the 747. That was Ted Hogan. I was a member of his fan club. Um and he drove the white car, and then it was Jimmy Howard who drove like a black car, and uh, you were one or the other. You could not <laughs> both. And and I remember my uncle taking like a towel, you know, like a crying towel, and in the stands. I mean, like it was just intense. Eh? You, you, the the the, uh, the competition or whatever it, in the stands was like, it, it was amazing. And he'd start shaking his towel at all the Howard's heads. <laughs> And it was, a, but like you say, back in the day, man, like, yeah, it was, it was, well, it was, and it was especially rivalry. like Jeff and Dale, they're, I mean, they have the two biggest fan bases probably ever in NASCAR. Yeah. And you did not, you did not cross over. It was, it was funny. Homer and me were Jeff Gordon fans, and my other grandfather was a Dale Earnhardt fan. So it was, it was always kind of like, well, no, I don't, I don't root for your guy. I've, I've got my own guy. I've got a, my wife just found this. Here's that picture I talked about. That's oh, awesome. is that ever cool, eh? So yeah, that was. Uh, is that, that, was is that your grandfather just in the door with a big glow on? Oh yeah, that's uh, so that. Let's see here, I can't see. So there's Homer, and then Andy's driving behind him, and then Jeff Gordon's right there with him. Wow. <laughs> it was, yeah, uh, what a great. That's a great memory, man. That's awesome. But yeah, but, no, that's what I go to. Uh, I feel like. I feel like. Um, Rivalries are interesting nowadays where, you know, I feel like a lot of guys don't want to argue with anybody or, uh, or like even, you know, like Kyle Bush, he's got a lot of people that don't like him, but it's not like he's going, he's battling for wins against one other guy every week. Right. You know, back in the late nineties, Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt were, yeah, they were battling for wins every, every time. So uh, you, you ever watch the, or listen to the Dale Jr. Download? The oh podcast? yeah. Oh yeah. So I was listening to it uh, today, and um, uh, there were there were it was a whole bunch of old uh, discussions about his dad. Is his dad's birthday coming around now? But Richard Childress was on, and that that was the one thing he said is back in those days the social media wasn't like it is today. Like you could do things and get away with it. Like these guys <laughs> now are walking on on uh, you know just tiptoes because uh, you know you, you say or do the wrong thing or get caught at the wrong place. Uh, it's you know because some of the stories they tell you know and the rivalries back then like it, it's just uh, it, it's amazing stuff you know. But, well, uh, and it's it's different. Even um, you know, even when I worked in NASCAR, uh, I feel like you know I I worked with some people that that grew up through so like our track president at Phoenix, he came from Watkins Glen in the '90s, um, down at Talladega. Uh, that president there had been at Talladega for a while. He'd worked under Mike Helton. He went to Daytona for a while. He worked at NASCAR. So you had these guys that grew up during that 90s era. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, they had a lot of success in that era. And then as it shifted, once I was there, you know, we had we had two driver appearances a year. Um, and that's all that's all we had access to. Um there, you had to be real particular to what you what you could ask them to do. You know, there's there was just so many more rules from an access standpoint that it, it was really hard. And then on top of that, all the sponsors um, became a thing as well. So like we were we were a Toyota track at, at Phoenix, um, 
which you think of, there's not that many Toyotas in the Cup Series. So, you know, we wanted to use Chase Elliott, and we wanted to use Jeff Gordon, and we wanted to use those guys. And it, you'd be really restricted in what you could do or, or what you what you could use to promote it. Um, mm. Where I feel back in the 90s, everyone was everywhere, you know. Jeff Gordon was doing SNL, and and Dale Earnhardt was on Wheaties boxes, and, and they were they were everywhere in these mainstream spots. Where now celebrities and athletes have so much control over their brand and image that they don't they don't need they don't need the tracks or they don't need other brands even to, to promote themselves. So it's it's changed. It's interesting. That's what um that's what I love about the iRacing. The guys that the guys that try to promote themselves and promote their their racing um i think is a lot more fun and it's almost kind of an old school way of of uh it's like a it's like local local dirt track yeah it's yeah. grassroots on steroids a little bit yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. that grassroots so it's a lot of fun well buddy it's been it's been awesome having you on we'll have to do this again because i'm sure we could talk all night long uh with uh, stories and stuff, but uh, yeah. frankly, you might need your own podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> you got a lot of stories, or a lot I, of I, stories I want to hear. I, uh, I I told Andy last night I was coming on, so he uh, I told him I told him to tune in, but he was giving me a hard time, and I was uh, I was shocked he asked me. So I just I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we appreciate your yeah. all your help and filling in. I I, would, I hadn't had a chance to mention it, but Roger, back when you filled in for us during the charity race. You know, he mentioned you were filling in, and I know you know your dad had been the primary one that was had been broadcasting for us. And so, so, no offense, but expectations weren't really there. It was just you were filling in, and I caught the broadcast a couple of days later, and I was like, "Travis has got some chops." So uh, it it was impressive. I I thought you did a great job. I appreciate it. I try, and uh, I lo- I look forward to uh, just to doing more for you guys. Yeah. Well, we look forward to uh, you know working with you down the road, and. Uh... Um, uh, really appreciate you, you know, taking the time uh, to talk with us tonight, and uh, and uh, and letting us talk about your history, even going back to Disney. So uh, it, it's uh, really cool. Next time we get you on, we'll, uh, we'll tell us uh, some, you know, embarrassing stories about your dad at the track in the, back in the days. But uh, sounds good. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I have been wondering if you require all our guests to submit a resume because I I had never <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> I didn't submit anything, so it's all it's all. It's, it was all this Facebook uh, profile. Uh, I just yeah, figured you I, went to LinkedIn then. Nope, it's fun. I uh, I'll do I'll do my uh, shameless plug. Uh, Extreme eSpeed Network is on Facebook, uh, and then you can catch me uh, with the Pro Late Model Dirt Series. We have fun there, and then the uh, Next Gen Series on Sundays, which is fun as well. And then uh, from time to time, Roger lets me do some coast to coast racing. Well, and. Uh, Appreciate that, and and like I say, for a startup, uh, you guys have done an amazing job. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I know you know Cody's league is uh, uh, top notch, and I I know when you're saying like it's you want the realism. Cody goes to the nth degree to get it just the way it is, so it's uh, he does a great job there. But uh, just want to thank you for coming on, buddy, and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, Thanks, you Travis. too, man. All right, bye.